At the end of this week's Seder of Parshan Yitzhavim state, the Pesach says, Achayim v'amobes nosati lefanecha I have placed before you, Hashem is saying, I have placed before you life and death, and, and so on, and you shall choose life, so that you can live and your children will live, and so on. So Rashi quotes the words, and you shall choose life. And he says three things to explain these words. Number one, the Pirushun of Bachar First, he explains what the meaning of you shall choose life. I'm, I'm guiding you, that you should choose the way of life. Number two, he gives a parable to explain this. Like a person that says to his son, you choose for yourself a good portion of my inherit, of inheritance of, that you get from me and he places him or he guides him he shows him what the good cho- the choice part of the uh, inheritance is and he says to him this is what you should choose a third thing that he says he brings proof from a Pasuk that this is what the posse, that this is what the pasuk here means. It's Valzenemar Rashi says, and regarding this, it says in the pasuk, Hashem menas chelki v'kaisi, Hashem is my portion. Ata teimech geroli, you support, you uh, support my lot. Hinachta, so that's the pasuk, and Rashi explains. Hinachta yodi al geroli teiv, you have placed my hand on the good choice, on the good lot. Saying to me, this is what you should take for yourself. That's Rashi's explanation on the words of Achar Tabachayim. You shall choose life. So we have to understand about this. First of all, what is, so, what is not understood about the words of the Torah which say, choose life? Why is it that Rashi has to explain something about the words choose life and not just explain it, but he goes into great detail and so many uh, with a parable and so on? It would seem that the words, the meaning of choose life is very simple to understand. In fact, that's how other commentaries on the, on the Pasuk explain it. The Eibish Tzokt on Al Tzeitzah Tovet Hashem is telling us as good advice. So is Klayim Nemchelak Chaim. I advise you choose life. Durch Laavas Hashem Lekechal Dushvei Bekoyle. How is it that you choose life? If you love Hashem and you listen to His uh, mitzvahs and you do what He says and so on, then you will have life. Base learning Bepashtus. If you learn the uh, learn the sun uh, on the surface, Kumt Oisa would seem. As Rashi Kundu Bavarinen, that Rashi is trying to tell us, as Bachar to Bachaim is Nishtan Onzog, that choose life is not like Hashem commanding us, whether it's a command or it's a good advice, that you should choose life. Rashi is trying to say this is not what the meaning of the Pasuk is. Why not? It doesn't make sense that you should command someone to choose life. 
the Mimon of Shach, because either, either way, if he doesn't know that this way, the way of loving Hashem and so on, is life, in them, all you have to you don't have to command him to choose life. You just have to convince him that listening to Hashem is life. Once he's convinced that it is life, obviously he's going to choose life. There's no need to command him to choose life. If on the other hand there is nish if you tried to convince him, but he did, you didn't convince him that this is the way of life. So then how is it going to help to command him choose life? If he's not convinced that it's life, then he won't. Uh, then he's not going to choose that because he doesn't see that it's life. Other, uh, you know, whether it's a command or a advice or why say to him choose life? If you haven't convinced him that this is life, so either way, it doesn't make sense to command them to choose life. Nor so therefore Rashi says that's not what it means. Nor that what Rashi is saying is that when Hashem says choose life, it means I am guiding you to what is life. He's telling us, read the next pasuk, read the next verse. It says there to love Hashem, to listen to His voice, to uh, attach yourself to Him, because He is your life and the length of your days, to be able to stay, to remain on the land that Hashem swore to Avraham Yitzchak Yaakov that He will give it to you. That is what He's saying. And therefore, Weister on Eden, by saying that, he is pointing the Eden in the direction of Shatif That is life. He's telling you that, what I just told you, that's life. This is what you should choose because that is life. Because it's not always very obvious that life is dependent on doing the right thing. And that death is based on doing evil. It's not always that obvious. Therefore, it has to be pointed out. Hashem has to point out to us what is life, what constitutes life. Life is loving Hashem and so on. As the Pasuk continues there, so that you will live and your children will live to love Hashem because He is your life and the length of your days. So the Rashi is telling us that is Hashem pointing us to what life is. When I then bring Rashi, so therefore Rashi brings, in order to explain that, number one, a marshal, he brings a parable. Like a person that says to his son, as the tata the father doesn't. It's not enough for the father to say, choose a good part of the inheritance. He goes further. In addition to telling him to choose what is a, a good part of the inheritance, a choice part of the inheritance, he also points him to what is a choice part of the inheritance. Says this part, this one, this is what you should choose. Number two. Araya from Pasuk, Rashi also brings proof from a Pasuk, that Hashem does that, 
that he chooses us, he shows us what is the good part. As Rashi says, and this, this is what is meant when it says in the Pasuk, you have placed my hand on the good lot. To say to me, this is what you should choose. This, of course, the last few words is the explanation of the Pasuk Ata Toymach Geroli. But still we have to understand the great elaboration of Rashi, that he elaborates so much about it. Number one, Why does Rashi need a parable to explain this concept? He could have said it without a parable, just get to the point immediately. As the Eivishter is Maimed Eden Al Chayil that Hashem actually tells us, shows us what is the best choice. In fact, if you think about it, it's it's the, it's, the opposite is is what's obvious. In Nimshol is that Inu Lachayim Evashanik Vimashul, because in the analog, meaning in the uh, in the message that Rashi is trying to explain is more obvious than it is in the parable itself, in the analogy. The analogy leaves questions. The, the message that it's pointing to is very obvious. How do we see? In regards to fulfilling of Teirah Mitzvah, which is the analog, which is the message, there it's necessary that Hashem should tell us this is life. Choosing to do good, that is life. Under Chelek that's life, and that's the good choice. Because when you look around you in the world, it could often appear to be different. It would, you look around you, you see that evil people prosper. You see that the righteous they go through difficulties in this world. Of course, because they'll have a good life in the next world. But in this world, they go through difficulties. The, uh, the wicked prosper. So the, therefore, it isn't that obvious that the good choice is to do the right thing, to go follow Hashem. And so therefore, Hashem has to make sure that we understand. As that the evil, you have a question why evil prosper, you should know that in the end they will be lost. They will not, it will not last forever and it will be worse in the end. And the righteous will, eventually they will be, come to an eternal joy. So in the message about how this pertains to Torah Mitzvah, the following Hashem, over there, you understand, we understand that we need to be told that life is synonymous with following Hashem. Because otherwise, you're not, it's not always obvious. But when we talk about choosing the, a good part of an inheritance, of an estate, for most people, it would be much easier to be able to choose what is the best part. And over there, it wouldn't be as necessary for the father to point the child in or the son in the right direction because most people understand about material things. But when you talk about spiritual things and what's the best choice in the moral choice over there, 
you need explanation and Hashem needs to explain it, needs to point you in the right direction. So what does Rashi's analogy, parable, add to the, uh, to the message? To the contrary, in the, in the analogy, it's very obvious. In the message itself, that's, that's where you need explanation. So therefore Rashi should have gone immediately to the message and said that Hashem needs to point us in the right direction. Another question about what Rashi says. After Rashi says, and he points him to the best part, Rashi Rashi adds to that and he says, And the father says to the son, This is what you should choose. From this it would seem, that after the father first told the son, Choose a good part. And then he pointed him to the good part. He has to do another thing. He has to go further even. He has to actually tell him, after he pointed him to the good part, he has to tell him, this is what you choose. What you should choose. So you have to understand, number one, and then why is it necessary for the father to actually say, this is what you should choose. Number two, where do we find this further saying, this is what you should choose, in the Pasuk? It says, you shall choose life. That's Hashem pointing us where, what to choose. Or he's pointing us in the right direction. But where does he say, this is what you should choose? In other words, if is Mamidai is pointing us in the right direction, so then where we see a further statement, this is what you should choose, even though the words of Bukhar Dabachayim, of course, mean this is what you should choose, but since Rashi is interpreting that as meaning, he points us in the right direction, so then where is there a further statement, this is what you should choose, over and above the words of Bukhar Dabachayim? A third thing we have to understand in Rashi, the Siyam for Rashi, the end of Rashi, he says, and in regards to this, it says in the Pasuk, and he quotes the Pasuk, and then he explains what the Pasuk says, you have placed my hand on the good portion. So first of all, he says, and on the, about this is said, so here he's now, he, he has gone on to explain what it says in Tilim. He's explaining the meaning of a pasuk and tilim. not if he said and he goes on to explain a pasuk and tilim. If he would have wanted to bring proof to the, to make the point out of what he was explaining here, he would have said as he most often does. as it says in the pasuk and tilim, something like that. That would have meant that he's using this pasuk to explain what he said over here. But when you say, and this is what is meant when it says in the Pasuk and Tilim, that sounds like he's explaining something in Tilim rather than bringing proof to what he's explaining here. So why does he say it in that way? Number two, when he says he, he points him in the right direction is uh, to the good portion, is an so he, he elaborates that when he points him in the right direction to the good par- portion, it means you have placed my hand on the good, uh, por- on the good lot. 
So we have to understand about this. Number one, Rashi is the Farish Pudushal Mikra al Asar. Rashi's intent is to explain what's going on in this Pasuk. Tavos bring Tirval Zenamabatilim, and therefore, as I said before, why is he explaining? Why does he divert to explain what's going on in Tilim? And doesn't say it as if he's trying to bring proof to what he's saying here. Rather, he says that this is the meaning of what it says in Tilim. He's not trying to explain Tilim here, he's trying to explain our Pasuk here. Number two, what does he add by saying, You have placed my hand on the good lot? means he places me, he tells me, or shows me what's the good portion. What does he mean he places my hand on it? It's another elaboration which needs to be explained. So to explain all this, the what is the question that Rashi is addressing and therefore finds it necessary to explain anything at all? What it says over here in the Pasig, I have placed life and death before you. shall choose life so that you will live and your children will live. This is the second last pasuk of the of the parsha, and then he goes on to the next pasuk, is Hashem, to love Hashem, to listen to His uh, voice, kihu chayecha, and he goes on to say more, kihu chayecha, because that is the source of your life. Shteitshein in oisfirlech, all of this is already told to us and very clearly in the Friedrich psukim, only a few psukim earlier. Three, four psukim earlier, he just went through that whole thing. It says over there, five, four psukim earlier. See, I have placed before you today life and good, and death and evil. And what, of course, does, what is he trying to say with those words? That the, the life is dependent on good and death is dependent on evil. If you do good, then you will have life. If you do evil, then you will, you, a person will have death. That's why Rashi explains that those psukim of five, four psukim ago. When the pasuk is the noch mefarish, and as the pasuk actually spells out, that which I have told you today to do, to love Hashem, you will live and... Uh, and flourish, and if you will turn away, or turn your heart away, then I can assure you today that you will be destroyed, and so on. So all of this has been spelled out only three, four psukim earlier. Then why does the Pasuk repeat the whole concept yet again, only two psukim later? After finishing to say it, uh, a pasuk, no, right after he finishes saying it, he starts again the same message. Why does he say it again? Learn the river Rashi, that's why Rashi says, as the chidush inim of da, that what is the pasuk, what's novel about this new uh, repeating the whole thing? What is he adding? Is mudgish in the vert of If you want to know what's new, what, ha, what he's saying now that he hasn't said before, it's in the words of Bacharta Bachayim. Those words, you shall choose life, are not in the earlier psukim. That's the, those are the words which are new. And therefore, this is what's new about these psukim. 
That's why he repeats it for these words. What's new about Bring to Rav Rashi Amashal, so Rashi explains a parable. Like a person says to his son, and he points him into the good portion, and he tells him this is what you should choose. That explains as this is da foul that there could be a, a situation that even after you point them in the right direction, you show them what the good portion is. It still takes you're explicitly saying to him, "This is what you need to choose." There are situations which will be explained soon that you need that additional. Uh, encouragement, telling him this is what he should choose, and that's why it says And the same is true in our case. Where Rashi says, "I am guiding you." That you should choose the portion of life. That when Hashem says in our pasuk, um, "Choose life." Is vider That's similar to the story in the parable that the father says to him, After having told him what is good and what is bad, what's the best part, then he comes along and he says, "This is what you should choose." That's the ubacharta b'chayim. This is what you should choose. Is that further um, charging of the son? This is what you need to choose. After the Torah already explained in the earlier Psukim. If you will do good at then you will have life. There is, it's necessary that Hashem should follow up by saying, This is what you should choose. Although it would seem that that would be obvious, but Rashi is bringing you from that story, from the parable, that yes, sometimes you need to explain again. You need to say it again, as will be explained. Hey, the fun was in Moshul, the fact that you find in the parable, as that after the father tell, assures him that he's giving him the best portion, I want you to get the good, the good portion of his inheritance. After having told him, I'm, I'm giving you the best, then he has to point him to where the best is. Obviously then, it must be some sort of an estate, which it's not easy, it's not simple to know what is the good, and you know, what to choose. Which is the best part of it? We're talking about a, a situation in which it's not obvious what is the best part. That's why the father has to, in addition to telling him that I'm giving you the best, he has to show him what the best is because if you look on the surface it's not obvious what's the best part in here and that's why the father the one giving the uh, inheritance has to actually point them to what is the best and that's uh, by understanding this we can also explain why does Rashi say it's like a father that says to his son why doesn't he, you know, it could have been I says to a friend, I want to give you a gift and he shows him the best part why does it have to be a father to a son the explanation is that the person receiving the gift or the inheritance 
in order for him to be feel certain that he is being shown the best part of the inheritance is it's connected his trust in being given the best part is dependent on two things number one first of all he has to know that the person giving it to him knows what's best and what's not first of all he has to be convinced that he knows number two the second thing he needs to be convinced of is that the person that gives it to him in addition to knowing what's best he's interested in giving me what's best how do I know that he wants to give me what's best maybe he's giving me something mediocre or worse so he has to be convinced that he's giving it to him with his whole heart, and that's why he's willing to give him the best part of the inheritance from Zainachla. And the Vados is the two protim in in the two protim and these two things are what's being emphasized in this parable. Number one, the Chelikin Nachlosishalanois. First of all, he's saying I'm giving you my inheritance. I'm showing you what's the best part of my inheritance. Means what I'm bequeathing to you. Since it's my stuff, I know what's you know what what in my estate is the best. Number two, is giving it to a son. Because a father is more ready, more than anyone else, to give his son the best that he can give him. Anyone else, you don't know. How, you know, does he really want to give me the best? You don't know. A father will always give his son the best. So therefore, Rashi uses a parable in which the father is saying, my estate, so he knows what's best, and it's to my son, so I'd certainly want to give him the best. Valderza is an imshul. And the same is true also in the analog, meaning in the message. In regards to the relationship between Hashem and the Yidin, in order for a Yid to be convinced, as Chayim is Taiv, that life is dependent on good, on being good, that they are both dependent on each other, that if you want life, you have to do good. Even though when you look around you, and you look on the surface, you just look at what's going on around you in the world, it's not always that obvious at all, as we said before. Zokmenem, that's why Hashem needs to convince us of this. This is something that we need to be convinced. Zokmenem So we are told, think about two things. Number one, the welt is nachlosi First of all, the world is my inheritance. Hashem created the world. I know what's going on in the world better than anyone else. The one that created the world and the one that runs the world. And therefore, I can tell you, Hashem says, what's the best path to life. I created this world. I'm running this world. I can tell you what the best path to life is. Just like we said in the parable, that the father knows his estate better and therefore knows what's the, the good stuff. As to the second point, Eden Zainabonim Lashem since the Yidden are the children of Hashem, so therefore we can be certain as the that Hashem is only looking for, their, for the best for the Yidden. So therefore these two things are, the parable brings out the message 
that the Yidin should be convinced that Hashem knows what's best and He wants what's best for us. But since, if, even if we, in our minds, we sort of know this, but we don't see it. When you look around you, you don't see the automatic connection between good and life. Being good, behaving well, and life. And then we have to rely on the fact that Hashem tells us that that's what's best for us. His movement, therefore, so therefore we understand why it is that Hashem doesn't, it's not enough that Hashem simply points us in the right direction, nor but that He goes further to give us even more encouragement and he says again he doesn't simply say that's the best he goes further and he says choose that one that's what you should choose and that's why Rashi says in the parable and he says to the, the father says to the son this is what you should choose in addition to having pointed him to the, in the right direction, showed him what's best, he also has to follow up and say, choose that, because since it's not obvious, even after we're told that this is the best path to life, but to our eyes it's not obvious, so therefore we have to be told even again, this is what you should choose. So that's how it is in the parable he explained till now. And the same is true also in our case. That even after Hashem explained to the Yid that life is good, that life comes from being good. And that they are dependent on each other. Meaning to say that Hashem pointed us in the right direction to know what is best in life. Still Hashem needs to say something more than that from uh, Milmaila from above and he therefore he states you shall choose life so that you and your children can live what he's trying to say is you can trust me believe me I know what's best for life and that's why I'm telling you this is what you need to choose in other words it's not enough that Hashem should draw the comparison and tell us that you know when you behave well life is the result if a person doesn't behave well death is the result that enough that would not be enough to of an impulse of a of an imperative that we should choose life and therefore Hashem has to go further and say this is what you should choose choose life but still you can ask that the parable doesn't seem to be the same as the analog the, the story in the Pasuk is different than the story that Rashi says in Moshul how so? in Moshul in the parable we can understand how the father saying choose this is going to have an influence on the son because in addition to the fact that we're talking about a physical father saying, talking about physical matters physical things 
und die Rebbe hat den Ben Zet nicht mehr in den Bosser. Das ist der Gehilfe von der Nachlöse. So therefore, even though the son may not understand yet that this is the best part of the inheritance, the father tells it that it is. But since he's seeing it, he, he gets the feeling that the father knows and he can trust him and that's what he should choose. Since the son, he doesn't really have a good understanding of the assets of his father. So, he doesn't know enough to know which is the best of the the best part of the inheritance. And therefore. He accepts what his father says, especially that he trusts his father, and he doesn't really have a good understanding of what uh, what it is, and therefore he accepts his father. His father must know, so he accepts it. Mashenkin in Nimshul, but when we talk about the uh, the story in in our pasuk, is nish norvos men zet nish alamol yafe. Not besides the fact that we don't always see the connection between. That, that Hashem is pointing us in, the, you know, this is what you should choose. We don't really see, it isn't obvious to us that if we behave morally, then we will have a good life, materially speaking. That's not obvious. That doesn't always happen, obviously. In fact, sometimes life, good life, means in the world to come. Reward comes in the world to come. So therefore, it's not always really, we don't always see the connection between behaving morally and having a good life. Nor nochmer, because, but in addition to that, besides for that, there's even more. Because when you look around you, sometimes you see that the opposite is true. As we said before, that the ways of the evil are successful. And that from the lips of the, you know, again, the same concept that they, they're, they're being successful. As a general rule, enjoying the material comforts is something that you actually experience directly. We experience enjoying material good. And the fact that in the end it always turns bad, that will come in the future. That's something that we believe. We are told, you know, it might be good now, but then what's going to happen in 10 years? Or what's going to happen down the line? So that's something that we believe. We've been told, our teachers told us, the Torah says so, the end will be bitter. So we believe that that is so, but right now we're experiencing good and comfort. Or maybe not, we, it's not that we believe it, we can even understand it, that if you go down this path, it's going to end up in a bad place. You may even understand it. But what you experience is that you enjoy material good. So therefore, we don't always see the relationship between behaving morally and having a good material life. So how could that which Hashem tells us in the Torah through Moshe Rabbeinu 
when he tells us choose life how is that going to compel you to leave behind the things that we enjoy and that we find comforting which are physical, uh, physical things and instead we should choose a life of Torah and Mitzvahs in the martial it's obvious that the son is trusting the father. The father knows about his estate and therefore he, it, it just makes more sense that the son trusts him. This is what I should choose. But when we experience life in this world and the comforts of material good things are immediately experienced, the promise that in the future it's not going to turn out as good as you think, that's only something that we know in the back of our mind. So therefore, how compelling could it be that Hashem says, this is what you should choose. This is good. I'm telling you, this is what you should choose. There's no comparison to where we actually know it to be the truth. And over here, we have to believe that it's the truth. That's why Rashi continues, That's why it says in the Pasuk, that Hashem is my portion, not the Tamil you are the one that supports my lot in life. And he explains it. That means you have placed my hand on the good lot in life. Saying to me, This is what you should take. What does that mean? When Hashem says choose life, it's not just something that he's saying to us. Nor the midvet oich. but that when he, when he says that he also makes he accomplishes that he supports our choice you have placed our hand on the good portion meaning Hashem guides a Jew he shows it to us I'm showing it to you in Gashmias I will show it to you in the physical the girl that uh, this is the best choice for you. That we actually are able to see it with our own eyes, at least from time to time. It may not be true that we see it always, but from time to time we get an insight into how moral good is what leads to physical good. That by doing the right thing we get actual physical life so we see it meaning to say that we see that when our hand is actually placed on it it's something that you can actually touch with your own hand Hashem gives us from time to time at least the opportunity to be able to experience directly that making the right moral choice doing good leads to good life sometimes you have to open your eyes to see it that because we get this we are shown this sometimes from time to time directly by Hashem where we can actually draw the, con- the connection between having behaved well and having a good life Therefore, it makes it real to us. And that's what Rashi says. That's what's meant by this Pasuk. Hashem actually allows you to touch that reality. 
He actually puts your hand on that reality so that it's not just something that He told you and that you have to accept on faith, but that you will actually experience it directly as well. And that's the meaning of He places our hand on the good lot. And that's why Rashi adds that final idea. Now we can explain also the different how Rashi changes his word. The Marshal Zakter, in the story, he tells us, and he says to the son, This is what you should choose. On in Nimshal, then in the uh, when he talks about Hashem and the Yidden, is uh, in Oistach from Pasuk Hashem and Oschalki Vikaisi, where he explains the Pasuk Hashem and Oschalki. Zakter Loimer Zekach he says, he changes not, this is what you should choose, this is what you should take for yourself. Why does it change the word from choose to take? The reason is, since when we're talking about the father to the son, after he pointed him in the right direction, is since over there he's just telling him, after pointing him in the right direction, he says, this is what you should choose. It's only something that he says to him. Kum so comes out. Which means that ultimately it's all in the hands of the son. This is what he needs to do. He needs to choose it. That's why he says to the son, you choose it. That the son should make that choice. He should choose the good one. That's which the father pointed, him, pointed out to him. But when we talk about Hashem telling a Yid, choose life, over there it's not merely saying it to the Yidin. Over there he actually puts it in your hand. He actually places your hand on the good lot in life, as we explained. That over there even more that which Hashem chooses and, the, and the, where he, the uh, direction that He points you in and what He accomplishes for you in life is already something which He has chosen for you and He has connected you to it. So therefore, everything has already been done. Hashem already gave you a life, chose a life for you and made everything work for you. What is it then that you have to do? For you, the only thing that's left is nishmer The only thing is that you have to do is get do it. It's already there. It's all chosen for you. It's all prepared for you. All you have to do is do it. Take it. Take that life. That life is all ready for you. Just take it. It's not necessary for you to make a choice in that. That is already all arranged for you. This is your life. All you have to do is step into the role that Hashem prepared for you. That's why He says, take it, not choice, not choose it. It's already chosen. All you have to do is take it. When the Farzak Rashi Demloshin Enachti Yodi and that's why Rashi also uses the words you have placed my hands on it saying this is what you should take not in the mashal by the father and the son he said and he says to him in the nimshal in the story with Hashem and the Yidin, he says saying to him because the main part of this is 
that Hashem has already placed our hand on it. He has already arranged a life for us. He does all that. On the Amira, as a kachlocha, is not a kavanah from them loimar atetzav from the menachde yadi. In the story of this father and the son, the father has to tell, tell the son, choose this. So that's an important part of this process. Choose this. Over here, what Hashem does is He places your hand on that life. Which means He gives you that life. And therefore, by that, He is saying, choose the right, uh, cho- this is what you should take. So the, the saying is only secondary to having placed our hand, to having handed us that life. He hands us that life by which he is saying to us, this is what I want you to take. By the father, he has to say it in order for it to happen. Now the son has to go ahead and do it. Ches. In the Mshinia now, in Loshan Rashi, and this change we also see that Rashi makes, we also see it brings out a halacha as well. By first explaining another, uh, you know, something that Rashi says, specific, something specific that he says. The nimshal in Rashi, the, the pasuk, and then uh, the way Rashi explains it, it's called my lot, like, which comes from the word lottery, like my lottery. the good lot. The reason that it's called the good lot rather than a good portion or whatever as the ifna bakhira fi nidin in khaylaka khayim is via khaluka al piagayl that the way a yid chooses the, to do the right thing the the, uh, the the portion of life is similar to how one uh, something is doled out through a lottery when the mit is moving, which will explain the shini loshna alnal tzvishemoshul and imshul, why Rashi makes a difference in this, in the parable and in the uh, the story about the yidden and eibishter. Berer lecha unkach lecha. By the moshul, it's choose for yourself. By the nimshul, it's take for yourself. Vosim merum meramez ayferchilik tzvishen depula by adam aemel abnoi, because this brings out the difference and how it happens between a, a father saying it to a son. On the other hand, the way Hashem places our hands on it through a girl. It shows, it brings out, it it emphasizes the difference between how it happens between a father and a son, how it happens between Hashem and the Yidin. There's Allah. That when two partners then want to, they want to go their separate ways, they want to divide up the assets of the company, of their partnership, and they go about dividing the assets of the company by making a lot, let's make a lottery, you take this, uh, you know, whatever the lottery will say. As the geirul is norm of and they say, the Rishonim say, that when you, when you draw the lots, and everything has been divided, you get this whole pile, I get that whole pile, so, the lottery only determines which we are going to get. It only tells us what we're going to get. But they, the Rishonim say, the, each partner must now do something in order to transfer that ownership of that, those things which were fell into his lottery 
that they should become his. If he doesn't actually do an act of acquisition, then it doesn't belong to him yet. Then it hasn't become his yet. It's still part of the partnership. In other words, that the lottery only determines what they're going to get, but it doesn't make it theirs yet. They have to do an act of acquisition called a Kenyan. And this is very different than how it happened when Eretz Yisrael was uh, divided up amongst the Yidin, which also happened through a lottery. It happened through a lottery and uh, in connection, uh, in corroboration with the Urim Etumim, with the breastplate of the Kayin Godel, which also gave prophecy about how the lottery should be divided. Baruch HaKadosh, Divine Spirit. Over there, Halton Allah, everybody agrees, as Turdem Geirel is Everybody agrees that it was just the lottery. The lottery itself already made it yours. When your name was drawn in connection with a piece of land, that land was yours now. You didn't have to go to the land and do some sort of an act of, acqu- of acquisition, which normally you do have to do. If you want to acquire a piece of land, you have to do something which shows that it's yours. But in the case of the lottery of Eretz Yisrael, you didn't have to do anything. The lottery itself determined, made it yours. In a similar way, we can ta- say what, how it applies to our situation. By Adam Ebnoi, when a person says to his son, the father saying to the son only tells him what it is. It determines for him which is the best part. He says to him, this is what you should choose. But when we talk about Hashem, is the Amir of Nebuchadnezzar Bachad Bachayim? When Hashem says choose life, not only is Hashem determining for us, cluing us into what is life, nor as tut uf as the girl atoy verche niknetsumidin. But Hashem saying, this is your choice, this is what you should choose, makes it the choice of the yid. That becomes his lot, his lot in life. That is already his. That's his life to be lived. But of course he has to live that life. But it's not as if Hashem tells him, yeah, you take that. And then the Yid has to go ahead and make a life around that. Hashem saying, choose life, already makes it your life. Now all you have to do is live the life that Hashem has chosen for you. In the case of Hashem, He has already placed our hand on that life. Not telling us that we should take that life. He has already put our hand on that life. Meaning to say, it's yours to live. Now do me a favor, live the life that I have chosen for you. Similar to what He said before, that a girl by two uh, partners, it's not enough that the, the lottery drew what they what they should get. They still have to go ahead and get it. By the Yidin, by the by Yisrael, the lottery gave it to the Yid. It made it his already. Tess. To the inner, to understand the inner dimension, what Rashi is saying from the perspective of the inner dimension. These two ideas, on the one hand, the good choice the good portion, choose it for yourself. On the other hand, when we talk about the good lot, lot 
kachlocha, take it for yourself, which is how the Rebbe ex- distinguished between what the father says to the son and what Hashem does for the yid. These are two ways in which a yid can, can bring about the choice of life. Einoifin is one uh, one approaches that you make a logical choice. You make your choice based on logic. Life the goodness and the life that's called the good portion. As we know that the word portion is explained in Chassidus to be an Aveda which is based on logic. And that the other choice, the, the choice, and this kind of choice, sorry, this kind of choice is described in the word Berer, choose for yourself. Because there are two approaches, there are two paths in life, there are two portions in life. Each path and each choice has its own qualities, and each one has a quality that the other one doesn't have. If each one didn't have some quality that would you would find interesting, so what do you mean choose one? If one is interesting, the other one is boring, of course you're going to choose the interesting one, that wouldn't be called a choice. So each one must have a quality that the other doesn't have. And therefore, when you make a choice, you choose one over the other. You reject one, you choose the other. That's one approach to how to make a choice. The tzveiter eifin is, the second approach is, not what we're saying now, but rather something different. As men, that when you choose good in life, it's not because you, came, you made a calculation, and this seems to be the better choice. The, the end will be better the results will be better that's not what it's based on the choice that you make is something which transcends logic and when you make that kind of a choice that is not based on your own calculations that's called a girl, a lottery as is well known and it's obvious when you look at it also you see it, it's obvious to everyone that when somebody when you make a lottery it's not based on any calculation it's just random, seems random anyway it goes beyond logic and this kind of a choice when you choose a good in life not because you made the calculation that the end will, uh, result will be better but it's based on something transcends logic. We'll explain it later. The tzvei and that's called kach taking. The tzvei techeli v'derech hat melachatchilik and artnished. What it's not that you have to make a choice between this and the other thing, between life and the other way. Take this means that's the only option that's open. On the Aveda Bashtait Nishmer in and that what you now have to do is go ahead and take it. You know what the choice is, you know what you have to do, you know what your path is, go ahead and do it. Not that you have to choose which path, you have to make the decision which path to choose. 
that decision is made because it's a girl. It's a transcends your logic, and that's the only option. And therefore, just go ahead and do it. If I wasn't clear enough, it'll become a little more clear now. Yud. We'll understand this based on what Chesidus explains. That the, the fact that the, uh, way, the wicked prosper and the general idea that the klipa, the negative forces have they have some sort of power they have some sort of life and energy that they also have and they get their energy from what's called makif the, the encompassing light of Hashem there is as we know the difference between the light of Hashem, the energy of Hashem that integrates into the world and that is a limited, measured um, source of light, which accommodates itself to the conditions of whatever he's integrating with. Then there is the surrounding light, the enveloping light, and that doesn't have to integrate into anything, and therefore it's an unlimited source of energy. Makif is, is, more un, is infinite. And Klippa, negative forces, they get their energy from Makif, because since Hashem does not, has no interest in integrating into Klippa, He doesn't want to get involved with Klippa, so therefore, but, he, but He has a need to create Klippa as well, and therefore He just does it, you know, let them get from the, uh, from the stuff where I don't have to get involved with them, and it just comes to them like it comes to everybody else. The re- net result is that they get their energy from an infinite source, and that's why they prosper sometimes. That's why it's, an un, it's a much greater amount of energy. On a cheshman, it's without any calculation. They don't deserve it, but no calculation is made, and therefore they get it anyway. On the other hand, when, the, when Hashem gives flow of energy to holy places, that comes from the integrated light energy light that enters into the vessel and therefore has to accommodate itself to the vessel that it's going to that's why it has to be limited and designed to flow into that vessel and because of this that's what's so special that the Yidin make the choice to connect themselves to Hashem while knowing that Klippe gets a greater influx of, of energy than Kedusha and yet the Yidin choose the way of Hashem even though it's going to be a more limited flow of energy at least in this physical world they give up they, they're willing to forego the greater uh, influx of, of energy that goes to Klippe and they choose for a more limited flow of energy that comes when you're connected to Kedusha so then why the question is why do they choose that why is it that a Yid chooses to get a limited flow of, ener- of, of material energy or at least godly energy that leads to material needs. There are two explanations why this is so. Why the Yid makes that choice. Number one, 
because we know ultimately that it's true that now the evil get a greater flow of energy, but it's only a very limited, it only lasts so long. Eventually it all goes away. And then it's completely cut off, which leads to the death of evil, and you know, it just stops existing. On the other hand, the tzaddikim, even though now it's a limited flow of energy, but then it'll be an infinite flow of energy, much more than the rishoyim than the evil get now. As we're told, that Rabbi Kiva said, if the ones that violate Hashem's will, they get so much, how much more so will Hashem give to the ones who fulfill His will? So therefore you know that the tzaddikim ultimately will get much more than the Rishayim. So in other words, in your, in your mind, it makes sense. Temporarily we'll get less, but later we'll get much more. And for a much longer period, for eternity. That's something choosing Hashem based on your own calculation. It makes sense in your mind to go for, to choose Hashem. He makes a calculation that it pays. In the end, you'll, the net result will be better if you choose life. So in Beichaz and in Ketusha, that you should choose uh, holiness. That's what Rashi is talking about. It's that level which Rashi is talking about. The good cho- take the good portion, choose it for yourself. In other words, that there is a choice being made. You made a calculation, you understand that even though now you may get less, later you'll get more. It's like an investment. You invest money, which you, you're out of the money now, but later you'll get back much more. So that's how Rashi describes that kind of choosing Hashem. It's a good portion. Make that choice. Then there's another way. You think to yourself, it's a limited flow. I'm getting less. But that comes from Kedusha. That's holiness. This is what Hashem wants. This is where Hashem is. Not like the stuff that comes from Tuklipa, although from a, from a higher, more, you know, there's more there, but Hashem gives it like somebody who throws it over his shoulder. He doesn't even want to look them in the face, but he has to give it to them because he decided that they need to live as well. So he throws it over, uh, over his shoulder. doesn't want to look at them. So what I am involved in is where Hashem's will is. That's where He really wants to be. Is a That's why for that reason I choose good. Not because I know in the end it'll be better. And so I don't make that calculation. I want to know where Hashem is. I want to be where Hashem is. Hashem is here. There's less here. But this is where Hashem is. That's where I am. Meaning to say that that which comes from to Kedusha via, by way of Kedusha is living in the face of the living God. That is when you're in, in the bright light of Hashem's face. Hagamzi is Amitzum Tzemes, even though it's a lesser amount at this point anyway, is but I still, I love, this is something that I, I love, this is what I want to be part of. This is much more gishmak. This is much more what I want. This talks to my soul. I don't want 
a lot of what Klippa is getting. I want a little bit of what Hashem has, what Hashem is giving. In other words, thus is Nisha This is not a choice that you made a calculated decision about how much you can get and what the ultimate result will be. This is something which transcends logic. This comes from the fact that a Yid is in his very core connected to Hashem, is Hashem, has Hashem in him. Because of what's called the Geirel, the lottery of the Neshama, that means something that transcends logic. And the river is in them, for over there, we don't call that making a choice. There is no possibility for any other choice. There is only one option, so therefore that's not called choosing. For a Mitzad de Madrege in Neshama is Yedazach Oyser Lukus because from this speaking about this level of the neshama which is the core essence of the neshama nothing else is an option there is no other option nothing else is important only being connected to Hashem and therefore that's described by Rashi as saying the good lot take for yourself not choose for yourself it's the good lot because it talks to the essence of your soul Take that. What it means is, you know what it is, you know that that's where you want to be, but you have to also draw it down, you have to connect to it. You have to bring it down into every part of your soul, to every part of your body. You have to think that way, you have to speak that way, you have to act that way. That's what Kachlocha means. Yes, the essence of your soul is connected there. But kachlocha, you need to bring it down into every part of your experience. Yudalif. Afalpikain, and even so, even though we just said that there is no choice to be made. It's an obvious option, it's only one option. Still the Pasuk says, there is life, there is death, I place them both before you, you should choose life. The Pasuk is saying, talking about a choice they have to make a choice between life and death as we understand also from what Rashi says in regards to that regarding this is regarding this is what it says Rashi is saying and regarding this it was said that you have placed, how we interpret the Pasuk, you have placed my hand on the good portion, on the good lot, and take it for yourself. So Rashi is acknowledging, it's not, he's not saying that this is directly the interpretation of the words of Bachar Tabachayim. Because the words of Bachar Tabachayim means choose. Here he says, he placed your hand on it and he said, take it. So Rashi is acknowledging that it's only in regards to this it was said. Not that this is direct, the direct, the direct interpretation of the words of Bechar Tabachayim. This is Bechar is dominion. All it is, is what Rashi is saying is that when he, Hashem says choose this, it also includes having placed your hand on the choice, as he explains. But it's actually from Tillin. That's what it means in Tillim. But in this Pasuk, it's talking about choice. 
However, choice also includes that which it says in the Tillin. But now we have to deal with what does he mean that it's a choice? Since we just finished explaining that the whole concept is that, it's a, that there's only one option, there's no need to choose, there's only the need to take. The Bir the explanation is, in dem inyum when it says in the Pasig, I have placed, I have given life, I have placed life and death before you, shall choose life. That the fact that a yid chooses his share, his share as his share life, is an anoifim from bechirachavshis. It has to be in a way that he makes a free choice. So, in other words, this idea that Hashem places both in front of us, and that we have to make the choice, we have to make be able to make a choice. There is two ways to go about this. Number one. The source, the root source of why a yid chooses Hashem is because the core essence of a yid soul is Hashem. We are one with Hashem, Kaviyachal, so to speak, with the essence of Hashem. And the Abachira is in der darge. So then, if you say there is no real choice because we are that, so then what do you mean a free choice? What does free choice mean if we don't even have another option? What it means is chotchas is nitchayich to zogna the etzem and neshama vet beichas ein epesandish v'elakuschas v'shalom. Even though you can't say that the essence of your soul is going to choose anything other than Hashem, obviously. So what does free choice mean? Main ad bechira v'iskajus v'neidin is in alakus is nishmet sada hechrich atamamayla. What it means in this interpretation is, it's not that you have come to this decision that you want to be connected to Hashem because you looked at the uh, at the the values of each choice and you came to the conclusion that you want to choose this. It's not based on that. In other words, if you came to the conclusion that Hashem is the better choice and that's why I'm choosing it, that would be like you're compelled to choose that. So the, the, in this meaning, the free choice means you're free to make a choice not based on what you think is better. You're free from that whole calculation, which is the better choice you choose it or, or actually take it because it's the only option for you. So you're not compelled because there is a certain quality to it. In other words, what it's trying to say is free choice means it's not based on the qualities of, the, of Hashem versus Klippa, of life versus death. It's free from that choice. What is it? What is the reason that you're connected this way and not the other way? Because that's the only connection that you're going to have. A yid is connected to Hashem. Vazdan is is if it happens in that way, is number one the iskashes mitag bola lefitama If a person were to make a a choice based on the calculation that Hashem is the better choice, it leads to a better result. So then it would be that kind of a choice would be limited, because it's limited to how valuable is it. It's based on the value that you see in it. It's only limited to that 
your choice is based on the value and therefore limited to that value. Number two says Nishkan That's not real free choice. is a has been has been explained many times about choice. That if there is a reason to choice some, uh, to choose something, then it's not really a choice. Then you're compelled to choose it. As if somebody pointed a gun on you and it said, "Choose that one." otherwise I'll shoot you, so then that's not a choice, you didn't make a choice you had no choice other than that and in a more, much more subtle way, if you see a quality in, the other, in one thing over the other then you're choosing it because of that reason it's in, in essence, it's no different than if somebody pointed a gun pointed a gun is a very compelling reason why you should choose something and that's maybe a less compelling reason but it's still forcing you to do, make that choice so that wouldn't be considered real free choice so if you're not choosing it because of the qualities that you find in Hashem, why then are you choosing it? But rather because that is what the essence of the neshama needs. That's what, where it, that's what its will is. And since it's not about a quality that you find in Hashem, rather because you are connected to Hashem, is the Any choice that the essence of the soul makes is, if it's Hashem, I'm, it's yes. If it's anything other than Hashem, no. That's the basis of the choice. It's not even a choice. I have only one thing in my life, that is Hashem. Anything that is not Hashem, no interest, no connection to it. So it's not about a calculation of what will lead to a better result. It's that me, my essence, can only be connected to Hashem. So that's where, in the essence of the soul, that's where the choice comes from. It's a choice which is divorced from any calculation. It's just who I am. Base, but then there is the gilui from the bechira in alakus is in seichel adam. That's where the essence of the soul goes. But how does all this? Where is this manifest? Where does a yid connect to that? Where you can you actually talk about your connection to God and your choosing of life in Hashem? That has to be revealed through intellect, through your seichel, through your mind. Because how could you recognize, how could you actually see that a Yid makes a choice to choose Hashem? How could, if you want to look at a Yid and say, he'll always choose life, how would you know that other than if he has two choices? And he has two choices and he chooses life. Then you know that he chose life. But if it's happening somewhere in the core of his soul and nobody's uh, privy to it other than the core of his soul, so then it's not really revealed at all. Nobody would know about it. So if you want it to be, you want to be able to see it, then it has to come through intellect. He has the two choices and he chose life, so then you know that a year chooses life. That can only happen when it comes through, when it filters through the intellect of the person and he sees things for, for what they are. He sees things as they appear in the world and makes his choice based on that. It has to be presented in a way that you can find the quality in each one of the ways. The, the cho- choice of death 
because it's connected to material go- um, comfort may be appealing to and still he chooses, chooses life that's why there are two it's, it's, it's not enough that the essence of the soul has no other option we have to be able to live in the real world meaning in the physical world as well where we can actually see or it can be seen that we are making the choice of life and that can only happen when it presents itself in the parameters of the world where there is two choices and we have to make the choice and then we make the right choice and the far ved gezoktim pasuk, and that's why the pasuk says, "Achayim v'hamavus nesati lucha." Ah, yes, I gave you life. I gave you the choice of death. Or b'chad b'chayim. However, you should choose life. V'alin avedah b'peil is the bechira apitam b'das and anayfim from b'reilucha because in living life, avedah b'peil, which means, how do we actually live our life? How do we actually serve Hashem? not somewhere deep within our soul we actually serve Hashem in our day-to-day action and over there you have to make your choices based on intellect you have to go about your choices in a way that they work in the world and therefore the choice is presented as if there are two choices and you make your choice so that's why the Pasuk presents it as having to make a choice but Rashi who talks to the essence to the inner dimension of the Yid is Rashi points out to us that it may look like you're making a choice based on intellect but in truth what's really going on is that it's Rashi says what's really going on is what's going on deep in the soul of the Yid which is that Hashem gives you only one option and He places your hand on that life and He says make that your life which means live that life the Pnimiz Vamidus in the in Alakus is the Darge Fantam Vadas sorry I'll read that again the Pnimiz Vamidus from the in in the Rashi is telling us that when you make your choice, which is based on an intellectual calculation, which is how actual choice has to be made, as the Pasuk says, you shall choose life, is this which is that is also what's going on beneath it all, the essence of it all. Internally, what is happening is that this is the choice that the essence of the soul makes and over there there is no other option over there it absolutely rejects the death and evil because that isn't an option so that in the final analysis what's happening within your soul is that you only have to take it you don't have to make the choice so Rashi is saying that the Torah speaks of how you have to live your life and what you have to go about doing. But what's really going on is that your neshama completely rejects any other option and that all that needs Hashem already placed the neshama on that life and that all you have to do is take that life and live it. Yud Beis Al-Pikol Anau Vebenoich Vashtein Beis Tenzis Vulosan Nesenzis Shaychus Uninyin Hanau Tzupashis Nitzavim 
now we'll understand what this this end of Pasha Nitzavim what's the connection to Nitzavim which is that Pasha was Kedem Lo'elum Kedem Rosh Hashanah and Nitzavim is always read the Shabbos before Rosh Hashanah and since there's a rule in Torah which everything goes that says that everything goes according to the end of it is moving so we understand as the Shaykhus from Pashan Tzavim to Rosh Hashanah that the connection there's obviously a connection between Tzavim and Rosh Hashanah since we read Tzavim before Rosh Hashanah every single year so but <coughs> we have to understand that the connection between Tzavim and Rosh Hashanah is Nish Nor Aschalos Aparsha is not only to be found in the beginning of the parsha, which is Atem Netzavim Hayoyim, which is the well-known connection between Netzavim and Rosh Hashanah, that Hayoyim refers to Rosh Hashanah, and that Hashem says you will be upright in the judgment on Rosh Hashanah, you won't walk bent over, you'll be standing upright firmly. So that's what's always understood to be the connection between Netzavim and Rosh Hashanah. But that's the beginning of Netzavim, but there must be also a connection between the end of parsha Netzavim and Rosh Hashanah. And these psukim that we've been uh, studying now, those are the very last psukim in the parsha, the last two psukim in the parsha. So, what's the connection between them and Rosh Hashanah? Rosh Hashanah is the zman, the need. Rosh Hashanah is the time when we try, we encourage Hashem, we awaken Hashem to choose us yet again. Every year, Hashem has to choose us and choose that he wants to be, uh, continue to be our creator, and he wants to continue to be our God, and to keep the world in existence, and to, and to maintain our service of Hashem. As we say, and we plead with Hashem before we blow the shofar, He shall choose us as his inheritance, as the Yaakov that he loves eternally. So in, the, in other words, we use the word choice, that Hashem should choose us. The choice that Hashem makes of us is also has two aspects to it, which reflect the two aspects that we spoke about before. There is the Shere Shabachira, there is the, where the choice in its uh, origins, in its roots, is the fact that Hashem chooses us, the Yidin, not because of any reason, not because the Yidin do mitzvahs, not because we behave the way He wants us to behave. It's much deeper than that. He chooses us at a free choice, meaning not because we did something to make Him like us. And based on that choice, which is in deep in the core of Hashem, He cannot exchange, as the Gemara says, He can't exchange us for any other nation. Meaning to say, even if the Yidin were to commit sins and would not behave according to the way Hashem wants, He still couldn't change us, exchange us for another nation. It's the Yidin and Hashem alone. It's just the two of us. Hashem with the Yidin are all alone in an intimate embrace and there's no place for anything else in that relationship nothing else comes between the Yidin and Hashem so that's the how it is in its core how does Hashem reveal His choice of us here, down here in the world 
in regards to choosing us as his people, the Torah compares it, I choose you from all the other nations, which means, where did all the other nations come into this discussion? We just said that it's the Yidin and Hashem alone. So what do you mean I choose you from all the other nations? As if the other nations play a role? They, they could have been chosen? Yes, in order to display his choice of the Yidin, it has to be done in a way that it is compared to the other nations. There are others. They could have been chosen, so to speak. Still, even though there are others, they are nothing to me, and you are everything. And therefore, our, the fact that Hashem loves us is obvious. If there was nobody else to choose, so then it's not an obvious it's not obvious that Hashem loves us because it's the only choice if it's the only choice then what does it mean when does it become obvious that Hashem made a choice to choose us when there is others around and theoretically he could have chosen anyone and he chose not to choose them but us so then that, how, that is how the choice becomes known similar to what we said before about the way the Yidin choose Hashem that the Yidin's choice of Hashem deep in the soul is because there is no other choice. But the way we actually carry it out, we practice it is there are choices and we have to make the right choice. And there's the, the, the same is true the way Hashem chooses us. In its core there is no other, there's nothing else. But in order to display it, it's compared to the other nations. Since at Rosh Hashanah everything goes back to its or origins, everything starts again. That's why we have to bring about it yet again that Hashem should choose us from We have to bring it out from its core essence, from its roots in in the essence of Hashem. And that happens when the Yidden make the choice of Hashem. We choose Hashem, we choose life. Of course, not only because we make the calculation that He's the better bet, but we choose Him because that's our lot in life. That's our, the essence of who we are, and that's why we choose Him. And therefore, He chooses us for the same reason. And when a Yid is able to bring out by ourselves that we chose Hashem, that He should be our, our God. This awakens within Hashem, reveals with, from Hashem that He chose us to be His chosen nation. Down here in this world, in a way that is good and revealed good.